Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head. 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life, mm -hmm. and you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are, some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hey, good evening and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest. Dwayne England coming to you live from the Fish Hunt Northwest studio located here in Olympia, Washington on the shores of Summit Lake. And yes, flying solo, you'll notice the seat to my immediate right is vacant. Tommy is... I guess we'll say on assignment. I think he's off screwing around, but whatever. Uh, we got a great show lined up tonight. Got a couple in-studio guests I'll introduce you to here shortly. But uh, before we get there, uh, yeah, lots going on, lots of content to cover, lots of very good conversations coming to you live this evening uh, on the show. And I want to welcome everybody. If it's your first time joining us, uh, please feel free. Jump around on our social media platforms. Go to our YouTube channel. Uh, hit subscribe. Follow us there. Uh, give us a like and a follow on our Facebook page. And by all means, please take some time. Go to www.fishhuntnw.com. Check out our webpage with uh, blogs and updates. Lots of uh, great recipes and things going on there. And of course, our online <clears throat> excuse me, our online store where you can buy all our merchandise and uh, find all the items that you need to have in your closet from our store. Not to mention, when you go to the website, click on the FHN20. It's the Edge Rods uh, special coupon there. It gives you immediate access to the Edge Rods webpage. You're going to get 20% off all Edge Rods all the time via Fish Hunt Northwest teamed up with Edge Rods. So 20% off all fishing rods all the time. Simply go to our webpage, click on the coupon, and save yourself some money for the very best fishing rods on the planet. Once again, I want to welcome everybody to the show. Go ahead and text in your information here on the, uh, the text availability via Facebook or YouTube. I'll try to get to as many of those as I can. Got some great guests in the studio tonight. Going to be talking a lot of fishing gear and quality fishing gear with the uh, team from Brad's. Um, lots of good content to discuss with those boys, and I'm sure you'll have questions, so please feel free to text those in, and I'll do my best to answer those as we work our way through tonight's show. Before we get there, hey, got a few things uh, noteworthy to cover, bring to you guys, and um, get you informed. So I did take uh, some time, sat in on the live Zoom stream meeting, the final installment of the Grays Harbor uh, north of Falcon Process. Wanted to see where that was going to land. You know, we've been talking the last few weeks that uh, they had received permission from the commission to exceed the 5% impact on the coho numbers. And I wanted to see 
how favorable that was going to be and if they would in fact exercise upwards of that 18% impact that some of the models had indicated. And sure enough, we have some pretty lucrative fisheries that they have um, taken to final uh, final approval once it gets final approval from a review committee and then ultimately the uh, director, uh, Director Suswin, uh, we can pretty much count on those being implemented. Those seasons look pretty nice. You know, this Grays Harbor region, um, we're talking like the, the, the hump tulips in that September fishery, a two-fish retention, uh, both hatchery and wild Chinook. Do we need to keep two Chinook? Well, you know, that's a conversation we have often is if it's really needed to, uh, to be bonking two Chinook on today's fisheries. But I always say, hey, if the numbers on any given season are there to support the fishery on a conservation-minded season-setting process and we're going to meet escapement, uh, then by all means, we should be able to harvest those fish, especially if there's an abundance of hatchery fish, then why not? So the, uh, the hump tulips for the month of September, two fish retention, got to release wild coho. That's fantastic. Moving into October, you still get a one Chinook retention, still got to release the wild coho. Move over here to the tributaries and the Chehalis. Uh, again, we finally are back at a two-fish limit for the month of October, uh, able to keep either wild or hatchery coho. That's fantastic. It spreads the pressure out tremendously amongst these tributaries um, in that we're not all vying for same water and just trying to catch our one token fish. So we have some great opportunity in that regard. Um, that is going to sustain. And, you know, I sit and listen to a lot of the input from folks that uh, weigh in on these meetings. And there were a few folks that had concern with us going to a two-fish limit or opportunity in the Grays Harbor region and in those tributaries because the entire system is is uh, modeled as an aggregate. They don't uh, separate out each tributary in and of itself and get the finite numbers to say, once it hits this tributary, it's a one-fish retention or hatchery fish only. It's an overall aggregate of the entire basin. So I get it where there may be cause for concern in some of those tributaries if they don't have hard numbers, but here's the fact. We have 150,000 coho coming back to this Gray Harbor, Grays Harbor region, and uh, in doing so, even with the seasons that they've set forth in the numbers and that go in the bag, so to speak, for October, November, December, they're still anticipating 70,000 coho hitting the gravel uh, collectively amongst all the tributaries, okay? The, that, that is double of the escapement need for the entire basin. Now, if you take that 70,000 fish, and let's just do simple math, all right? I know when it comes to bucks and hens hitting the gravel, it's not a 50-50 split, but for this, for this particular model, for Dwayne's model, because I'm a simple man with simple math, uh, it is a 50-50 split. 35,000 hens hitting the gravel. Um, research would show you that an adult female uh, coho can lay anywhere from 1,500 to 7,000 eggs. So we're going to land soft at 4,000, okay? Uh, 4,000 times uh, 35,000 fish, that is 140 million eggs. 140 million coho eggs hitting the gravel in the Grays Harbor Basin. There's potential for that. Um, if, you know, everything comes into play, and, and I don't want to keep using the word if, but it's a high probability we're going to be successful in, ex in exceeding those high numbers, and we're going to have an abundance of fish uh, up in those upper estuaries, hitting the gravel. Let's, uh, let's hope we can steer clear of any major floods like we experienced this last season. And all indications are we're going to have a whole bunch of eggs uh, getting into the gravel. So I'm not too concerned about a, a, a two-fish limit in the early months on some of these fisheries. You know, over at Willapaw, again, we get a two-fish uh, retention opportunity for pretty much the entire region over there. Uh, gotta gotta be selective in certain areas. Um, some of your bag limits, you can only retain one 
wild coho, but again, like the Willapa Bay fishery, two rod endorsement, and you can keep two hatchery or marked Chinook in your bag limit indoor one wild coho. This is fishing that we haven't seen in a very long time. So throughout that uh, Willapa greater area, you know, on the nacelle, the coho fishery is going to be fantastic. They've been receiving really good numbers of cohos the last several years, and this year is no exception. Going to get a two fish limit there, one of which can be wild. So really, really looking forward to some of these, uh, some of these uh, fisheries that are going to unfold here this fall starting in September. You should as well. I anticipate it being pretty busy, but hey, if you have opportunity to get out there during midweek, you're going you're gonna to see some fantastic fishing. As long as we don't get a ton of rain and constantly are fighting rivers blown out, it's going to be something to look forward to. So pretty happy with the way they've modeled it. Uh, I want to thank all the folks there in the Region 6 office that did so much work in putting these numbers together. I think we're going to have a phenomenal season, and we can thank those folks for all their their hard work. All right, moving on. Uh, hunters, hopefully you've been paying attention. Time to submit for your uh, applications for your special hunt permits, okay? That actually opened Tuesday, uh, April 19th, goes through May 19th. This is the time of year where you uh, drill down on your research, start looking at your uh, game units that you want to maybe partake in, take a look at historical data, see how many types of animals have come out of any particular game unit. Also look at the participation numbers to let you know how much pressure any of those units may get. But it is time to do your research and get those applications submitted. The uh, announcements came out. If you, like Tommy and I, put in for multi-season deer and elk, a lot of you are pretty happy. Me this year, not so much. Now I have six points for my multi-season elk. And uh, last year I did get my multi-season deer, but I shot my deer in the first week of Modern Rifle. So, you know, it's a roll of the dice. Uh, Some years it's uh, very beneficial to you to get your multi-season. Other years, maybe you pay for it and you don't even use it. Other years, you don't get it, wish you would have had it. So always put in your application, $6.60, with the the fees and the tax, whatever. And if you don't uh, get drunk, you just earn those points, and it's well worth your time. It also helps educate you a little bit further down the road on how this whole process works and and allows you to start opening up to uh, additional hunts throughout the year uh extra deer you know antlerless deer second buck those types of things always worth putting in for because that year you do score that second deer and that year that you do go out and actually bag two deer legally because you've uh, submitted their permits and you get it uh that's that's just phenomenal opportunity you know who doesn't want to put a couple deer in your uh, freezer one from the west side one from the east side what a great opportunity so that is open until may 19th get your information together and submit uh where it is you would like to go hunt uh hey a couple days away from opening day washington state lowland lake uh, trout season is upon us uh, Saturday, this Saturday. It's always the fourth Saturday in April. This year it's April 23rd. All the lowland, lowland lakes are opening. Going to be a great opportunity. First of all, if you haven't looked at the weather forecast, you should because uh, it looks pretty darn nice considering what we've been subjected to this last entire month of April. Uh, when I still have water pumping out of the ground down there at the base of my yard into the lake, it's because it's been that soggy and everything's still running out of the hill. And we got a ton of water and the lake is up. So it's nice looking into this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. We're low to mid-60s, depending where you live. No rain in the forecast. What a great opportunity to get the kids out. Millions upon millions of trout have been stocked in the lakes, both eastern and western Washington. These lakes are going to open um, 
250 to 300,000 people will partake in this weekend's opener on the 23rd. It's just a great day to get the kids out, get them introduced to fishing, and uh, enjoy the day. I also want to remind everybody that, hey, it's officially now the kickoff of the season-long WDFW Trout Derby, which starts the opening day of trout season and carries all the way through the closure of these lowland lakes, which is always October 31st. There's a uh, great opportunity to go catch some fish with tags in them and uh, win some prizes. And it's pretty simple. I mean, we have 100 plus stocked lakes statewide with tag trout. We have over 800 prizes, $37,000 worth of prizes to uh, go out there and get. More than 70 participating businesses. Fish Hunt Northwest is one of those contributing businesses. We actually have six tagged fish being placed here, already have been actually, into Summit Lake, okay? We're gonna have six tagged fish out here. Each tagged fish wins you a certain amount of merchandise from our Fish Hunt Northwest online store. But all you have to do to figure out what you've uh, caught, which business it is, there's a tag on that fish. You get on WDFW, you go to the 2022 Statewide Fishing Derby. Uh, it should pull up a page that's gonna ask you for information. You can put your tag number in, the lake of which you caught the fish from and uh, your personal information, WDFW will send you an email. It's gonna tell you the business and the address, location, phone number of how to get a hold of those folks to go claim your prize. Pretty easy here at Summit Lake. You catch a fish, you let us know. You can come right here to the studio. We're gonna prize you up. Hoodies, hats, uh, drink glasses, decals, all kinds of great swag from our store right here on our property uh, at the studio. Be great to see a couple, a handful of folks catch those tagged fish out of Summit Lake and come by the studio here and uh, meet us, and we'll be happy to give you some free swag and help support us as we help support the cause. So great opportunity for people to get out and catch fish. Tagged fish are a bonus, and you're going to walk away with some great prizes. Additionally, one more note out here in the Summit Lake community. If you're going to come out this way and fish on Saturday, they do a fantastic job at the community center with the annual Fisherman's Breakfast. They're bringing it back finally after two years with covid the breakfast is back on. We'll be here, uh, folks in the community volunteering their time, cooking a fantastic breakfast. Donation is asked for. Um, kids under 12, I believe, eat for free, but they do a fantastic job. Pancakes, sausage, eggs, hash brown, the whole deal, right? Coffee, juice. Great time to come and sit and visit with folks in the community. Have a breakfast either before you go fishing or afterwards. Starts at uh, 5 a.m. Doors uh, close, I believe they're done. Wrapping it up about 11, so you got six hours to get your breakfast and get some fishing on out here at Summit Lake. So hope to see you there. We'll be over there at the breakfast for a while, and then I'm going to probably come out here and fish off my dock for a better part of the afternoon. Um, before we get out of here, I want to remind folks, hey, Sport Coast Spring Anniversary, kicking off today, this morning, start at 9 o'clock. <clears throat> Excuse me, April 21st. It runs all the way through May 5th. It's their annual spring sale. Tons of savings with all the merchandise and gear and everything they have on sale you can't go wrong, not to mention Jen, the hot dog lady. She's there once again. If you don't eat hot dogs, well, you should twice a year. And that's when she shows up at the Sportco Mega Sales down there in Fife. Show up, uh, definitely save some money, get one of, your, uh, one of those fancy hot dogs, and you will not be disappointed to say the least. All right, um, running down the show, a number of things to get to. Uh, this evening, I want to introduce you guys, if you haven't met them before, in-studio guests uh, from the Brad's Killer Fishing Gear team, owner Scott Cole 
and the district sales manager, Chris Turvey. Uh, we've had a lot of, we've got a lot of gear to talk about and educate you on why you should be using Brad's gear, second to none in some regards in the industry. Then I'm going to be back in the Bay Lab. We've got part two in preparation for the statewide trout opener this Saturday. It's all about the gear trolling. Spinners and plugs, part one was last week, all about the bait. This week, it's all about the troll fisheries, spinners and plugs. Then we'll be back in Studio Ho with Scott and Chris. We're going to discuss the uh, release of the Brad's new uh, 360 release flasher. This thing is pretty awesome. And specifically, the edge rods that have been designed to go along with that 360 flasher. We're going to get a little geeky in science but it's for your educational benefit because it's really going to get you to understand why a specific rod is designed to maximize the ability of a 360-degree flasher. And this new breakaway flasher is absolutely fantastic, so make sure you stick around for that. Then we'll close out the show with the boys here in studio. Going to drill down a little bit on uh, Chris Turvey and his uh, other business that he runs, Columbia River Guide Service. The man is extremely busy between Brad's and guiding and family and all those things combined. So... Lots of great fishing discussion this evening. Lots of gear to talk about with the, with the boys from Brad's. And we're going to delve into that, uh, that Bay Lab segment for you as well. Any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead, hit us up. Nice to see people blowing up my uh, in- online uh, texting here. Try to answer as many of those episodes as I can. Glad you're all joining us. Great content to come. Don't go anywhere. Jump out for a quick break. We come back. The boys from Brad's right here in studio with me. Right here, Fish on Northwest. Sportco, an outdoor emporium, is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. Hey, welcome back Fish Hunt Northwest. When England somewhat flying solo, hosting duty-wise, but... Not solo now. I've got a couple guests in studio. First time to the Fish Hunt Northwest studio. I want to welcome Scott Call, owner of Brad's. How you doing, man? Appreciate it. Nice yeah. to see you again. Thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. Thanks for making the drive up. And Chris Turvey, district sales manager at Brad's and Columbia River Guide Service. How you doing, man? Doing really good. Yeah. Yep. Getting ready for a busy year. Spring Schnooker entering the Columbia, and they're getting over Bonneville. And so our, our uh, above Bonneville tributary fisheries are, are starting to kick off. And yeah. Went fishing this morning for a little bit. Didn't get one, but... That's Springer uh, fishing. That's Springer fishing. <laughs> yeah, Springer yeah, you know fishing. You know what we're doing Saturday, right? You know. 
We're going to be on this dock <laughs> oh, right here. <laughs> catching that money <laughs> fish yeah, out of your lake right here. Right, yeah. well, what time here. does the dock open here, by the way? Uh, the dock opens probably at daylight. I might be over there eating breakfast, so whoever shows up. <laughs> so if we line up like yeah, 4 a.m., we're just good. walk on down there. Okay. I might even put uh, gear down there. I got, a, <laughs> I got a clean table with running water, and we put the rods there and the gear, and people just show up and go fishing. Oh, oh, that's that's awesome. you got a beautiful place here. Oh, right thank you. Yeah, we enjoy it. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. There's there's something said about waking up in the morning and it's not windy and the boat's tied to the dock and I go, eh, I just grab my coffee, go kokanee fishing. You know, I can't just, imagine yeah. what that feels like. Yeah, well, you guys can have to come wonderful. up. You know, we were talking Merwin and whatnot, right? Yes, but uh, you guys have to make drive up here, jump in the boat, go yeah. kokanee fishing. Yeah. I think you'd oh, enjoy that. Love that. Yeah, it's a good time. So we'll put some of this gear to work that we're going to talk about. So uh, before we get into all of this and what's going on here, guys, let's uh, let's catch folks up that may not be familiar with Brad's or the genesis of Brad Scott and you know how you became uh, uh, one of the owners with Brad's. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Brad's in the history of Brad's because yeah. I'm well familiar with growing up watching Larry Shorenborn, right? And just the Fish in the West was synonymous with Saturday morning programming and yeah. you just could not uh, wait for the next episode, right? And But there's that family history and that whole deal. So talk a little bit about Brad and this whole company and what's going on. Yeah, yeah. My, my part in this is uh, is minimal. It's Brad and it's, uh, it's Larry, mm. you know, from where it started. Um, Everybody that's been around the Northwest at one point has probably seen, you know, Fishing the West with Larry Schoenborn. Yep. Um, but what many people probably didn't know is it was Brad Schoenborn just downstream or, or upstream from wherever they were um, hooking the fish and handing them off. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's how that show was done at that time. And um, Brad got quite the reputation for, uh, for being the master fisherman that he is and um, was back then and, and still is today. So Larry, uh, you know, also in addition to his show, had a number of, of stores. Yep. And Brad worked in the stores. <laughs> right. And got the, you know, got the feel for the retail side. Um, even opened up his own store for a bit. And then uh, also worked at, uh, at Bob's as the purchasing manager there at Bob's. So a lot of people, which is funny, still going to Bob's today. We'll see Brad. Mm-hmm. And think that he's Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob, got a yeah. question Bob, for you. Can I get, and Brad, you he know. probably just, just answered. He's like, yeah, oh, what yeah, can I do for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like a fixture It doesn't surprise there. me, right. I mean, he's like a fixture. He's like he's a just, fixture there. Oh, yeah. 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 In fact, he'll go back, you know, get stuff, and yeah. yeah. What is it you're looking for? doesn't matter if it's our product or not. So, uh, as Brad's evolved, was Brad engineering designing most of the lures that uh, catapulted that into where where it was going quite a few if not um, physically doing it you know certainly having input on on hey this is what we should come out with mm-hmm. um, Brad everybody has you know their strong suits yeah and and um, that's a strong suit of Brad's of, of you know coming up with the lures the colors the designs in fact even before Brad's was around um, he came out with, I don't know if you know this, several of the custom colors that Quickfish had. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, like over a dozen. Huh. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been involved with that his whole life. And, uh, you know, growing up as Larry's son, how could you not? Uh, yeah. 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 So, you're either going to be in or you're completely out, right? Yeah. So. And he's 100% in. Yeah. And to this day, he's, yeah. I, I So, a little earlier, you mentioned that I'm, I'm owner of Brad's, uh, like to say, I'm co-owner. Mm-hmm. Brad is my partner, right. and I'm very proud to have him as a partner. Yeah. He's the best partner. I yeah. Ever How's he doing? 
He's doing well. He uh, he has his good days and his bad. I think most people uh, know that Brad uh, has Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't know, I'm not disclosing anything that he doesn't want people to know. He's actually, um, you know, wants to get the word out there about Parkinson's, about the disease itself, um, you know, about different areas to look out for. He had, I think, three different high-risk factors. He had, I think, a family history. He poured a lot of lead. Uh, And then there was a third one, which I don't remember what it was. But um, he had, like, two of the three or three of the three. So his chances of getting Parkinson's were... Up there. Way up there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he poured a lot of lead. But he is doing well. He has been out uh, probably four or five times for springers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's gotten a Springer three times. He's oh. been, been bit every time. <laughs> well, there you so, go. Bad he's been bit every time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, and every time, I just, yeah, anybody that has seen Brad before, has been out fishing with him, just loves that smile because he's got the smile of a 15-year-old. Oh, yeah. As Chris Still gets really about excited about oh, fish, gosh. right? I mean, just yeah. he's never gotten tired of it. Like, no. yeah. everybody wants to, wants to harness that type of uh, passion for the for the for the fishery right so um let's talk a little bit about uh a number of the types of lures chris that uh that you know brad's is kicking out now there's a lot of a lot of these are so popular i mean there's hardly a boat out there that i see that doesn't have some complement or another of, of brad's uh, lures and gear on there <coughs> yeah absolutely i think uh brad's actually started with the sturgeon leaders um, Brad hand tying them, and believe it or not, Brad to this day still hand ties a lot of our surgeon leaders. Does he really? Um, it helps him with his Parkinson, yeah, and uh, just his motor skills. And he loves doing it. He packages a lot of our beads and a lot of our terminal tackle. Um, you know, two thousand, two thousand one, Brad's came out with their Wiggler, and it uh, was very similar to a Storm Wigglewort. Yeah. Well, the reason why they did that is because Storm got bought out by Rapala. That's a great code. Or Rapala. And they changed the mold. And so Rapala had a glue-in bill that uh, worked great for bass. And that's initially how these these plugs were designed for, was for bass. Yeah. But us Pacific Northwest anglers were using them for salmon and and steelhead. And Mm -hmm. and a glue-in bill was just not going to work. Right. And uh, just wouldn't hold up. And so there was a demand to bring that style lure back. And that's where... Brad came out with the Wiggler mm-hmm. and actually made some fine uh, adjustments and uh, recess uh, pull point, um, a smoother bill, um, a better mold. Yeah, uh, they dive deeper, they dive, they wiggle better. You get more biters out of the package, and uh, so there's kind of a misunderstanding that Brad's copied Storm Wigglewort. That wasn't the case at all. Mm. Brad's just filled a void that the Pacific Northwest needed, and and uh, so. We have, uh, I think, 208 different wigglers over the years. Uh, from there, there's Killerfish, which there again was uh, <clears throat> similar to uh, other plugs, but there's been some modifications over the years to mm-hmm. the bill to yep. make it dive better. Right. Um, there again, you're going to get a lot more runners out of the package than any other banana plug. Um, not just my opinion, but we hear that from a lot of guys. And then <clears throat> 2000s came the super bait. And... Uh, <clears throat> just short history of that. Um, so that's the cut plug. Yeah. The original super bait is this one the, here. Yep. 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 The banana. Yep. So it Called opens up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The or skinny, yeah. AKA skinny. Yeah. Opens yep. up, put tuna fish in there, put a rubber band on the end of it. That was designed 
from way up the Columbia, Wenatchee area, um, they don't have access to good bait. Right. Uh, herring right. and anchovies and whatnot. And so they need a lure that they control. They came out with that. Um, they partnered up with uh, Brad's, and there's the birth of the uh, original skinny super bait. And uh, since then, it's uh, gone to the SCP, which is the cut plug. Mm-hmm. And then we had such success with that, we decided to make one smaller, and then came the MCP. And uh, all these come in single rig packed and double Unrigged. Right, right, right. And then, um, what, four or five years ago, we decided to come out with the Kokanee. Yeah. yeah. Extremely popular. Yeah. I got a bunch it's, of them in my yep. arsenal. And they, <laughs> trout or Kokanee, don't matter. So one of the biggest. And Chinook. Exactly. Salmon, right? And that's one of the mistakes we made yeah. marketing that. It's not just a Kokanee lure. Right. Some of our biggest salmon every year come off that little. Yeah. Last three years have been on yep. the. Yep. Yeah, I have fished with guys in the upper Columbia stretches, you know, Klickitat, Deschutes area, uh, these behind 360s lead dropper and just crushing 25 pound chinook yep. on this yep. little tiny lure yep. it, it's it's a mind blow that they go after something so small but it flat out works yep. and you got so many different colors in all of these plugs it's like you know which ones do you pick it's it's hard to decide sometimes it is and it can be overwhelming um the biggest thing that you know we just wanted a variety for everybody um in every situation uh sometimes you know it might be a chartreuse pattern or it might be a pink pattern or a chrome versus an opaque um, you know, so we just tried to, to give the market the biggest variety as possible. Right. Um, I guess I did skip some, didn't I? Well, these, uh, the these, wobblers. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, I have to assume these kind of were, uh, transitioned off of, I mean, for a Dodger, it came out of the development design of your so wobblers. Brad's, for, right? we have what, three the or four. original design, but you look at the, the, the bend on it. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yep. yep. So what you have there is a kokanee dodger. Right. But before that came, I think, four different size wobblers mm-hmm. uh, for salmon. Okay. Um, before 360s, before downhill trolling was a thing, guys would go out there, they'd, they'd before cell phones, they'd open up their tide book, and I don't know if you remember those. It was just a little tiny little thing, and the the letters were so small, but um, and they're harder than heck to read until you realized it. But anyway, you'd have your tide book, and you'd go and, and anchor up, and and anywhere from twenty seven to you know fifty sixty feet of water, and you'd have a five by five set up with a, a eight ounce lead or a sixteen ounce five foot dropper to a five foot leader to a wobbler and that was like the go-to preferred method and that really helped boost brads into other product lines because yeah. that was you know booming in the 2000s for uh you know upriver fall chinook that were passing through um calf Lamet all the way to bonneville yeah and so yeah a couple questions uh any chance for the skinny minis to hit the market this year chance yes <laughs> chance yes So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a a chance. chance. The skinny mini may hit the market. Okay. Uh, Mike Olson asks them, do you still have to tune them out of the package? I'm not sure which one is probably. um, Killerfish sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time you don't, but sometimes you do. Well, and it's got that eye on there that's definitely adjustable, right? Yeah. So Super easy to just to, yeah. just tweak a little bit. And a lot of that, too, will depend on the, <laughs> the wrap, if you wrap it, if your wrap's offset. Correct. Most of the time you don't, but it's yeah. super easy. Yeah. Wigglers and the mag wigglers and the wee wigglers and the little wigglers, mm-hmm. um, majority of those you don't have to mess with. Huh. Um, the only time I've had to really mess with them is if I change hook configurations. It seems like it changes the balance of the plug. Um, but there again, it's super simple. Um, grab the eyelet counterclockwise or opposite direction. It's it's darting off to right. 
Pull um, back to center. You yeah, know, and, pull back to center. And the true tail sign is you just put it in the water and see how it runs, right? Yeah, if you don't pull, like it, make it a little adjustment, right? Yep. So, if it's running right, then bend yep. left. Yep. Um, does water temperature affect the size of super bait that you're selecting? You know, I get asked that question all the time. What's your favorite size super bait? And honestly, I hate to say this, uh, there's not one. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's a skinny uh original super bait right sometimes it's a coconut cup plug sometimes it's one in between and you know no rhyme or reason it seems like each year is different a lot of it if i had to pick a size it would be geared towards the style of fishing we're doing so for instance if we're in a action-packed drano fishery for, mm-hmm. for instance you're going to have more luck with a kcp or an mcp versus you are an scp or an original skinny because it's smaller versus the bigger and it's going to be less resistant on your flasher. Yeah. So in a situation like that, the smaller ones are going to do better. Sure. Um, Bowie 10 this last year, the original skinnies absolutely dominated and it didn't, it started there and it went Crushed all the way up the river. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. hard to tell. It's hard to project. Yeah. Right. So, um, is it, uh, would you put more emphasis on size of plug or color? The only pattern I've seen, and I stumbled across this, you know, I would go out there with some some custom-painted kokanee cup plugs that were just dynamite, just mm-hmm. really cool patterns. Some of them were copied off old quick fish, you know, styles, but they looked really fishy. And I'd go out there with, you know, four or five of these on my client's rods, and I'd have one original skinny out there. And original skinny would get bit. Either we'd land a fish or it'd get bit. And it'd go fish, 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 fish. And then all of a sudden, so I'd put another one on the other side of the boat. Both those original skinnies or SCPs were getting bit where those coconut cup plugs weren't. Huh. And it was so lopsided. If I told you 9, 10 o'clock when the sun got up high that those KCPs that weren't getting bit are now going to go online and these super hot lures that were you couldn't keep them off at first light are now going to go dead, yeah. you probably would have bet me 500 bucks and you would have lost. I've seen that situation <laughs> that right? a lot. Interesting. That might be the better question. Instead yeah. of temperature, it's light. It's yeah. probably more light. Mm-hmm. And I think... First thing in the morning, those fish are, are sluggish, lethargic. They're a lot more scent is leaching off those bigger baits. Yeah. Um, definitely bigger baits in the morning. Obviously not always. There's definitely no rules to fishing. But um, I would say bigger in the morning, smaller as the sun gets up, and then it goes right back into uh, bigger as the sun goes down. Yeah. Zach's asking any interest or thought discussions of uh, making, making and marketing a mega, like something bigger. Yeah. Any push on that, you know? Uh, there's no immediate push, but um, we actually have a, a bigger prototype. Okay. Uh, and there is some demand in, in some, some other fisheries, I'll say, that uh, that we're looking at. As and then well. uh, yeah, it says, question. what is Turvey's uh, go-to super bait? If you had to pick one, Chris, what's going to be out of the box? I couldn't. I you couldn't can. pick one. I couldn't. <laughs> Conditions change too much, right? Change too much. If I had to <laughs> pick me. one, first thing in the morning. I got it in my head. I'll see if. See if, rotten, see if. rotten banana. First thing in the morning. Is that right? Now, if I was going to go Springer's Adrenal, KCP Topsy Turvy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hands down. KCP Topsy Turvy. All right. Good stuff. Um, what do you think is uh, running your guys' lion's share of the market here? Is it your salmon stuff? Is it your kokanee stuff? Is it kind of a kind of an equal balance or you know what's what's flying off the shelves yeah it's interesting it's a mix because our salmon stuff um we even fish for kokanee in fact i think you do too yep right yep yep <laughs> because this is a you know 
generally a salmon bait, yep. uh, but yet it works great as a kokanee attraction. Yeah, yeah crazy. Because if you look at the underwater bi video and mm -hmm. footage, mm -hmm. you know, they're attracted to that, but they're coming up and actually biting the corn sure. or whatever little thing you have trailing behind yeah. it and getting the kick. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, There's a lot of crossover yeah. here. There's yeah. a lot I mean, of cooking your salmon, right? So yeah. it, it kind of makes sense in that realm. They're they're instinctively they kind of act similar in some regards. And we even took it the next step, and and we took it to the saltwater this yep. last year, mm -hmm. um, and caught uh, what eleven different species. Yeah, fourteen um, or something. Yeah. Uh, so it's. It yeah, took us a while to figure it out because yeah. you'd get bit and it'd be just clean yeah. cut gone. Yeah. So once we went to titanium leaders. Oh. Toothy critters. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh yes, yeah. yeah. It was it was expensive yeah. learning yeah. experience. Yeah, those dogfish. <laughs> dogfish are leaving. Yeah, dogfish yeah. are leaving with your uh, cup plug. They think it's a herring, so they're just whatever. Right? <laughs> if so. I had to say, I'd probably say is probably lean more towards salmon. However, we are trying to to, to balance things out. Um, we have a lot of lures for trout. We actually have plugs that are for walleye that a lot of guys here in the northwest don't know about. Oh, uh, interesting. Um, we do thin fin. Uh, Lipstick Juniors, mm -hmm. and our whole bait diver line. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, a standard, we have a Junior, a standard, a mag, and then we go in the Mud Dog, regular, and then a Magnum Mud Dog. So we have, we have a lot of different lures that I think a lot of people don't know. Also on top of that is, you know, we have a huge selection of terminal tackle that is all USA made, and it's all packaged either in Woodland, Washington, or Longview, Washington. Oh. Um, everything Quite a is bit 100%. of it by Brad himself. Yep. Oh, bead chains, uh, snap yeah. swivels, yeah. Yeah. A small pack all package. that. All your tackle stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All your Regular beads, stuff. Right. Uh, row beads, uh, right. trout beads, um, from three millimeter all the way up to 14. Yep. Yeah. T beads. Yep. Yeah, that's a whole other you know, yeah. line of, yeah. of items you guys offer yeah. in the realm of terminal, terminal yeah. tackle, for and sure. this past <laughs> two years, uh, it has just gone like this. Yeah. We've been able to get uh, a lot of terminal tackle in, mm -hmm. um, and people have been buying it, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's USA made. It's a lot easier to get. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's the nice uh, this it. one here, guys cannot overlook this uh, kokanee size for our resident coho up there in Area Ten. Yeah, that thing is fantastic. Put behind a an eight inch uh, Dodger and uh, <laughs> lights out. We fish those with our kokanee rods for good reason. There you go. What were you guys putting in them? Uh, usually just tuna. I rub some fire from yeah. fire gel on them. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just I mean, we have so many different scents available with that Potsky's yeah. fire gel. And it's just, even if you don't want to take the time to open them up, put stuff inside, put it on the underside of the belly, and that stuff stays there, and it yeah. puts off tremendous scent. And that's really, you know, it's it's about getting the scent coming off yeah. the lure and something that's going to be durable. And, and those things are small, and if you want to take time to pack stuff in yeah. them, it's, it, you can, and it works fantastic. And oftentimes, I don't care what the fishery is for me, I'm putting tuna inside them yeah. things. Yeah, same area. It's I amazing, mean, even for kokanee. I mean, it's you oh, know, yeah. no exposure to, yeah. no. to no. tuna whatsoever. But I'm yeah, convinced the fishier... Your bait scent presentation smells. The fishier it smells to you, the better it's going to perform. Yep. And I've proven that time and time again. All the different recipes I put into my egg curing and stuff, the fishier yeah. I can make them smell, yep. the, the the higher resolve I have. And it's, yeah. it's just, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all whenever we put tuna on anything, yeah. how yeah, it gets results, right? So speaking of which, can we share the turvy cocktail for the, the tuna mix? Or is that, uh, is that no. really down low? No. Down on the DL? No. No, going inside no, your, he, going inside your. He's got a great mix <coughs> that came up from his daughter. Actually, tell the story. It's yeah, a great story. Um, you know, shoot, you know, I'd have uh, all these procure scents in the back of the boat, and my daughter, when she was three years old, 
she'd uh, we'd be trolling along and keep it fun. She'd go back there and she thought she was so cool because I had a knife back there. Yeah. And it was dollar than heck, but she <laughs> thought she was cool. Three years old having this knife and she's chopping up the tuna and putting scent in there. And I'm just like, oh my god, she's using like ten dollars worth of scent. <laughs> yeah, the, the tuna is now floating in this stuff and and uh, but you know she's having fun and we're out fishing and and, it, and it's all good and. You know, after a few years, it just seemed like we were just always lucky when she was on the boat. Yeah. And what I found out is because she was putting a lot of scent, and that scent was leaching out. Um, since then, we kind of narrowed it down to three three scents from Procure, along with Chicken of the Sea and Tuna. Um, and this is, you know, it's a Springer blend, but it's this is more of a summer fall Chinook blend. And it's just anise, herring, and uh, anise, herring, and shrimp. And... The thought process is, if the three of us all ordered the same meal, you're going to eat all the vegetables, you're going to eat all the bread, I'm going to eat all the meat. And mm-hmm. we think it's the same thing with these salmon. I mean, they smell, you know, parts per billion. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, you know, that one salmon bit because it had that anise. Yeah. Or maybe one bit because it, it the herring reminded him of his last meal. Sure. And whatever for whatever it is it works it works really good back to what you were just saying well yeah yeah (laughs) the 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 wider that is the more it involves and you're right chris it's going to trigger this fish for that scent this so it was uh i think i read an article one time like you know a dog's sense of smell and then uh, you know a deer is how many hundred times stronger than a dog and then the way uh, salmon and fish smell in the water is just a mind blow to think that they can decipher between distinctly between different uh, scents right uh, um, we walk into uh, a restaurant or a kitchen and somebody's cooking pizza you go oh there's pizza yep. a dog walks into that restaurant or that room and it goes oh I smell oregano I smell sauce I smell <laughs> I smell garlic I smell yeah. pepperoni yeah. especially I, your dog I just yeah, yeah. yeah Wilson's a class act Wilson's but cute. there's a lot of truth to that yeah. and, uh, and scientists have proven that dogs can differentiate between the distinct ingredients on any particular item yeah. and salmon are very similar in that ability in that they're going to seek out that scent that they react yeah. to now if you're uh, you know one dimensional it's just tuna you're going you're gonna to attract a percentage of the fish yeah. Yeah. But if you broaden that out and there's multifacets in there, you're going to, you know, collectively earn the attention of more fish. So it makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. You know, I don't know the science behind it. And, and as long as it gives me confidence, yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah, that's the end you of know, the day. Right? I know it works. I agree. Confidence. And, yep. yep. hey, I'm going to make it work. I agree. All right. Uh, many more questions on here. I'm trying to keep up with as many as I can. We uh, use Wiggler's Awesome Trolling for Trout. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what happened to the skinny mini? The mini skinny. COVID. COVID was the demise of the mini skinny. So, in yeah, short. I mean, not the demise. It's still going. It's just uh, the demand for behind, this behind. is blowing up. Yeah. And can't even keep up with the demand for that, let okay. alone come out with a new bait right now. Although it's in the works. Gotcha. Yep. Perfect. All right. Uh, good kickstart here. Lots of folks uh, signing in, chiming in. Lots of interest here. Good stuff, boys. Uh, we're going to jump out for a quick break. We'll be back in studio to... Uh, get back with the Brad's boys. We're going to talk 360 flashers and edge rods specifically designed to benefit you in your troll fisheries and deployment of 360s right here. Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride right here in Bremerton, Washington. Arima Boats offers all of our boats with Honda outboard packages so that you can take full advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard.
With literally thousands of Arima boats on the water throughout the Pacific Northwest, Arima boats are a proven hull design that offers incredible fuel economy and all of the amenities that a serious angler is looking for. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why we back our boats with a lifetime warranty. All of our Arima boats are designed to maximize deck space while also providing ample seating. Contact us today at Arima Boats for all your boating needs and let us help you get out on the water. Today, the need for quality private security services is at an all-time high. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Phoenix client management models are built on understanding our clients' security needs and responding with a tailored program that is best fit for them. Phoenix provides excellent customer service through well-trained, highly motivated security professionals. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. Currently, we are comprised of 70% prior law enforcement and military veterans. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. Welcome back, Fish Hunt Northwest. Winning on here in studio with uh, Scott Cole and Chris Turvey, Brad's team, and uh, you guys are killing it. And I really want to kind of drill down on the development of this 360 flasher. I mean, let's face it, there's a number of 360 flashers on the market. There's a number of plugs. There's a number, I mean, there's, you know, I don't want to call it duplication by any means, but there's differences in all of them, right? But Principle is somewhat the same. So you guys decide to come out with an additional 360 flasher and hit the market. Albeit, this is a 360 with a breakaway. I mean, this is how you buy this flasher. It's got a breakaway that comes with it. Chris, talk a little bit about how this came to be. <clears throat> well, um, as some of you, as some of you guys know, I'm I'm from Yakima, Washington, um, eastern eastern uh, Washington angler, and uh, the whole 360 flasher and superbait. Uh, hit the scene and it was a downrigger show mm -hmm. it was all downriggers right. guys would take turns on two downriggers have four or five six clients yep i remember that um i didn't have downriggers and uh, a buddy a couple buddies of mine took me out and they showed me this technique i'm like man that was pretty fun yeah uh, but i don't have downriggers so right. i wonder how i can do this and i i ended up getting a couple pro trolls and i had a couple super baits is all i didn't fish super baits a lot um back then before 360s and i uh, pegged my bow rods with a pound of lead 16 ounces on both rods but i didn't put those first i they were just kind of just there i was going to try it i was uh put my best plugs and i had some awesome herring from astoria i was a big time herring fisherman back in the day and uh, those are the four rods i was i was concentrating on but the two bow rods had uh pro pro trolls and uh super baits and uh so the guys on the front are like okay well how deep should i put these down and like I blurted out a couple numbers. We didn't go 50 feet, and one of those rods goes off. We, right? we land the fish. Um, you know, high five, you know, hooping and hollering, take uh, take some pictures, put the four back rods out. The guys are like, well, what do we do with these other rods? I go, well, put that one back out. Well, what about the one that caught a fish? Keep in mind, I've never caught one on a, on a, a 360. Right. I'm like, well, if there's tuna in there, of course there's not tuna. We just caught a fish. But if there's tuna in there, just throw it back out there. Um, <laughs> there's no tuna. I go, well, then put some more tuna in there. So they put tuna in there. We go 50 feet. The other rod goes off. Yeah. So needless to say, everybody in the boat was like, 
you know, we'll, you know, looking in seat boxes, let's put some more of these out there. I'm like, I didn't want them to know I was this rookie on this technique and I only had two setups, two super baits and two pro trolls. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, 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 hang on a minute here, guys. We're gonna, we're doing a test. We're yeah. just seeing how these two do <laughs> with the rest of these, uh, some good herring and um Was nobody else fishing 360s and so now super baits on lead at that point? So or? where I was at, no. Um, Talking to a few guys, there's a guide in, from Tri-Cities, mm -hmm. Dan Sullivan. Yeah. Apparently that same Dan. year, he was doing it oh. too. I didn't know that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, long story short, um, dang near limited the boat is all on those two rods. Nobody was looking at the back of the boat. They're watching the front of the boat, watch, wait, taking turns on these two rods. Um, so my next group, I called those guys and I go, do not come down here unless you get this. And I text them some pictures and they're like, what the heck is that? I go, I don't care, but it's gotta have this little thing in, in the middle, this fin. Right. Uh, I don't even care what color, but you need to bring some of those and, and some it. super baits, find it. They yeah. went east uh. to Tri-Cities and I went went west and uh, we ended up meeting together. And needless to say, the next day uh, we had eight of these rods going off in the boat and it was just, the rest is history. Light up. And uh, I was really fortunate that year because a really good salmon return for a false chinook in the gorge. And uh, I learned a lot real quick. I mean, we were having a lot of bites, you know, 40, 60 bites a day. And we were losing a lot of fish. There yeah. were a lot of super jacks, 10 to, 10 to 12 pounds. And um, I knew right away that there had to have been a better way. We tried short rods. We tried long rods. We went back to mono. We tried big trebles. We tried big singles. We tried everything. And, and the hook to land ratio just absolutely was horrible with this technique. Huh. And um, so over the winter, I thought, well, why couldn't we just clip on the back of a pro troll or a three, come out with our own 360? And that's exactly what we did. And um, the very first fish we hooked on that, I was just kind of fist pumping and when you're running a boat and you, you have a, a rod that's hooked up, you can tell if that fish is still on there from that angle. It's just, you, you can tell if it is. Yeah. And I'm fist pumping and everyone else is like, what? And I go, look at his rod. And they're like, what? And, but I could see that rod was, was really working towards the cork, you know, sure. it's flexing where yeah. before it just kind of loaded up. Yeah. You know, we got to the point where we just keep the boat going in gear and uh, didn't know if it was there until it started splashing the back of the boat. And uh, needless to say, we land this fish, and the guy that caught that fish, he caught a bunch of fish with me the year before, and he's like, I can't believe that's not, not bigger. He's like, that thing fought so good. You know, and it's only like a 10, 12-pound salmon, but yeah. it fought way better because right. he felt the fight. Right. And I was just ecstatic because yeah. I was like, okay. You know? And uh, so the rest is kind of history from there. Over the years, it's evolved into different shapes and profiles, different sizes, different bends. Um, Scott actually came out with the, the beveled edge, mm -hmm. and when we tested that, that definitely added performance at slower speeds. The way it cuts through the water. Yep, cuts mm -hmm. through the water. Um, and uh, a lot of lot of prototyping, I mean. Well, you, you came back to us with the concept, what, four years ago? Yeah, you know, it is longer than that. Uh, this breakaway system was before any breakaway was out there. Um, 360s weren't popular. Um, I seen the writing on the wall early on as we, tr we tried them at Bowie 10 and with super baits and it absolutely worked. Yeah. And so I haven't bought herring in like seven years. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, it took some years to, to perfect the bungee. There's 18 inches of elasticity. It's super simple to use. The way you use this flasher is uh, every flasher comes with a release system, release clip, and a flasher blank. Now you can run it either way, but the important thing is you want the fin down and you're gonna feed the top side of the uh, release clip through one of the three holes. And that's the cool thing about this flasher. Mm -hmm. Now you have options. You yeah. have three adjustments, a fast, medium, and slow. Where before, your 
you're pulling from the front and you're reluctant on that tail fin to give it the 360 and you're stuck with a certain speed. Yeah. Now you have options to troll slower. With that, you can also troll bigger baits. So just by changing that <clears throat> pull point, that minor amount. Yep. I'll show you why. So you thread it through there. Let's say that we want to go to the middle hole. The middle hole is about 1.5 is, is the most optimum um, troll speed. You'll take your bumper length or, or whatever you got on there, main line if you're going to a downrigger. <coughs> but you'll clip that on there, and then you're going to take the backside. There's just a little clip there, and you just snap it on the back of the flasher. Right. Now, I really want to point something out. It's super critical. We've had a lot of questions um, through social media. When you do that, see how that bead chain's flopping around? You want to pull the backside of the flasher so that your dew lock or snap swivel or whatever you're going to use is up against the plastic of the flasher. You'll get the, you'll get the most out of tro slow trolling. So now in that setting, the reason why it works so good is now you can see that it creates essentially a lead edge yeah. that is now catching the water. Yeah. And that's why it trolls so much better at slower speeds. Mm. The farther down you go, the bigger the fin, the the more weight it can buck on the back. And you know, where a lot of flashers, you pull from the front and you're reluctant on that tail fin. And if you have too much drag, um, uh, a helmet on a, 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 a shrimp opens up and parachutes on you, um, too big of a spinner blade, yeah. it's gonna kill the back of the flasher and it's not gonna work. Right. You know, now we're finding we can run a lot bigger baits because of this front edge and we're not reluctant on just the tail fin. So you're increasing surface area off your pull point to the front edge of that, which grabs more water and creates more kick versus yep. just relying on the fin on the back side. Yep, exactly. Gotcha. Yep. So like I said, it's super simple. My fist strikes, it detaches. Yep. There's 18 inches of elasticity. You're not reluctant on just the bungee to land the fish. There's a 130 pound cord that's inside there. Right. Um, we got six uh, American made bead chains on both, both the front sides, and the yeah. back. Mm -hmm. um, to change speeds, just simply unhook the front, thread back through a hole, snap your bumper on there, pull it tight, pull the back of the release clip, and mm -hmm. just snap it in. It's that simple. Now you're fishing. It's doing a 360. When a fish strikes, it detaches. Now you're breakaway. Yep. But with that elasticity, um, the first year I did that, you're not going to believe it. Um, and keep in mind, this was a spring schnook uh, where we can, a spring schnook fishery where we can run barbs. And uh, the reason why I say spring schnook is I think they just, they bite better. They, they, uh, they get the bait in their mouth. And I think your hook to land ratio is always going to be better. And then with yeah, the yeah. barbs, you're going to do better. Right. But the first year I did this, I was batting 100%. Mm -hmm. And it was like three, four days in a row. And it's like, wow, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, there's other boats that were out biting me, but I was out fishing them. Yep. I was making my, my bites count. Four for four. Absolutely. Five for five. Yep. And uh, next thing you know, we're getting to this thing like a week, week and a half. And I'm coming back to camp. And my buddy's like, well, how many did you lose? And I'm like, you're not going to believe this. You didn't I lose have. any. Right. Now, we had some drive-bys. But if sure. there was... If there was a fish on that rod and you, the clients got their hands on that rod, that fish got in the boat. Yeah. And I had a, a blind client, uh, Parkinson, MS, little kids, um, people have never caught a fish, let alone salmon. All landed. Um, all yeah. landed mm -hmm. with success. And it was just, uh, you know. It's a direct connect, It right? just helped. It just helped when those fish are thrashing around. And, I, uh, I've tried to get my buddies to understand that, that fish, other types of flashers, either, you know, Gibbs or whatever flashers yeah. are out there, right? And I have converted all my flashers to my homemade version of my 
uh, quick release, right? Yeah. Every one of them, doesn't matter, manufacture, whatever. Your I, own release. Yeah, yeah. Your own yeah. Release. rigged them all, yeah. own release. And I'm, I'm on the same uh, lines with you. I mean, hookup to land ratio, season after season, is in that 90 percentile. For a solid hooked fish that you have yeah. hand and rod and Absolutely. good bend and peel and line, that fish is coming in the boat because, as you just displayed there, Chris, once you disengage that flasher and it's a direct line of connect, you don't have, the fish doesn't have the ability to swim at the flasher. Flasher catches current and then softly floats, floats that leader on a barbless hook and it just comes lofting out of there. Or it goes upriver and you get the skateboard Yeah, effect. or it goes upriver. Yeah. So yeah. all those disconnections in that direct pull point is why you lose them fish in any type of breakaway. And I'm intrigued by the versatility, the adjustment on your pull point in that how it creates a different uh, speed of loop depending on your troll speed. Um, I don't know if you broke it down or maybe I missed it, but if you're on the very first setting at the very tip of it compared to say the third. So the very front one, that's gonna be your your uh, your fastest troll speed. That's gonna be from like 1.8 to 2.5 mile an hour troll. Okay. This is gonna be probably very similar to whatever flasher you're running yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, the middle hole is now gonna be slower. And so we've had discussions of how to explain this and my mind works different than his and in my mind um the middle hole is slower means you're going to troll slower um but if you troll at the same speed as you would with the the top one it's going to your rod's going to thumb faster so it's not to confuse it um now the bottom hole is going to thump even slower yet so you're yeah. trolling like one mile an hour and this right. thing's going to thump right um we've done a lot of tests on anchor um mm -hmm and uh, very little current and that thing is able to, to thump while you're sitting there on anchor. But like I said, the biggest thing is now you can mix and match. Um, what I've found, you know, when we were talking about super baits earlier, there's not one size that fits all. You yeah. know, it's a big one or a little one. Um, 3.5 spinner, 3.0 spinner, mm -hmm. smiley blade, big coon shrimp, little coon shrimp. There's so much stuff we're putting on behind these, these flashers. When you're pulling from the front, one of those rods is not gonna be working as good as the other one. And now you have options. And so you got a little bait on this side that is zero resistance on the back of the flasher and that thing is, is thumping at its, its absolute best capacity. And then you have a big lure behind this flasher on this side and you're trolling. One or the other is not gonna be you know, working properly. And so now on that one that's not thumping quite right because it's got such a big lure, now you can adjust it and go down to the middle hole and all of a sudden give it more thump. Right. And it, uh, it's just, it's a game changer. It's yeah. a, you know, it's a flasher that I've exclusively ran for, for years. Um, um, yeah, it's just, uh, the more you fish it, the more you love it, you know. How many, uh, how many color patterns or options do you have? Do you have glow and UV on any of them or is it all uh, silver scale or? We do, we have glow, we have nine color patterns uh, that we're coming out with. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Puget Sound is like, if you want a good flasher, it's got to have glow on one side, UV on the other, right? Yep. So that's a Puget Sound flasher. But Columbia River, I mean, everybody's going yep. to full chrome scale, right? That's, I mean, a, that's the most popular. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a couple folks are asking, they're not finding it on the website. Is this not on the website? So we don't, we don't sell these. We don't sell direct. Oh. Yeah, we, th we sell through Sportco. Gotcha. Know, yep. Yep. That's why they're not on the website. Fishermen's or good yeah. retailers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're not, we, we will not 
sell them direct. We're selling through. Yeah, yeah. through, uh, through uh, distributors or through exactly. sporting goods stores. Okay, so there you go. Find them at uh, local retailer outlets, Bob's uh, Sport Co., as you said. And, uh, yeah, great. So, so is John Kaiser on there? Yeah, he's been on here multiple yeah, times. Yeah, John, what color did you catch yours on today? Because uh, I know John got a Springer on one of these today. Did he really? Okay. to see what color it yeah, was on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect. Somebody else lost their bungee. Any uh, options to get replacement bungees on these? or? Uh, yeah, what... It'd be nice to know what what happened. Did they? Was that all the info that they gave? Uh, lost my bungee on a three sixty evolution flasher. Can I get another one, please? Um, can they email you on the webpage? Uh, yeah, we will have uh, packs of bungees that are available coming in a two pack. Okay. Yep. Two and pack replacement makes sense. as well. Okay. Real good. Great options. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to jump out for a quick break. When we come back, I want to drill down on the rods specifically designed through Edge. And Chris, a lot of your input with the boys at Edge to create a rod that maximizes your ability to fish a 360 flasher. If you think that just throwing this on any rod will get it done, well, it will. But there's something to the mechanics of how this rotates in the water. It's not a full-on circle. It's more of an oblong. And when you design a rod that loads and uh, works in unison with this type of flasher, it's more bang for the buck. But I'm going to let Chris get into all that because he was part of the design on this thing. So really, really good information coming on why uh, you can accentuate your opportunities and your hookup options if you have the right rod running with a 360 flasher. Don't go anywhere. More with uh, Scott and Chris with uh, Brad's. We come back after this break right here at Fish on Northwest. Sportco and Outdoor Emporium is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. Welcome back, Fish Show Northwest. Waiting Lynn here with uh, Scott and Chris with uh, Brad's. If you're just joining us, we've covered a lot of info, so you're going to need to go back and start at the beginning or you're missing out on all this good content. So, um, yeah, other variations and things uh, hopefully in the future. I mean, I, sockeye. Yeah. Right? Well, so, that's, that's what we were talking at the show or at the break. Um, we've actually gone out and targeted, you know, landlocked silvers and trout with these. And those fish didn't know what to do. They right. ain't never seen anything like this. And right. you would never attempt to go after, you know, a 15, 16 inch fish with a, you know, 11 inch flasher. These are 10 inch, but because it's breakaway, 
you know, you could put that on a light rod and yeah. three, four ounces of lead and uh, just have a heyday with yeah. it. But. And even small trout will break that off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much. Oh, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, doesn't take, much. take much to pull it. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the nice thing about it. It releases relatively uh, easily. A uh, number of folks on here asking about uh, opportunity to purchase on the east side of the state. Yeah, so we sell, uh, uh, the demand was so high, it was probably five, six, seven times what we'd expected yeah. <laughs> that we sold through. It's a good uh, problem to have, right? To begin with. Um, so the distributors uh, have gotten shipments. They're getting them out to the stores uh, where they can. We've got a new shipment that we just got in that we'll be sending out as well. Okay. So yeah, they'll be they'll be coming out uh, statewide. Actually, yeah, across several states. So. Do you know? Oh, so down Oregon too, Idaho or California? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Real good. Do you know which stores on the east side perhaps will carry them? Any idea? Uh, they have options. There's some distributors okay. that they're that they're all linked up with. Gotcha. And all the distributors have them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so uh, before the break, kind of mentioned. Uh, oh, did you have something? Else? There's a couple things I want to point out. Okay. Um, before we Scott jump to Rod, yeah. Great point with these. Um, why don't you go ahead and show them? Uh, oh, just the we, just the stackability. So you've got. The way we designed this, you can you can stack them like this. You can hold, you can take a dozen of these and hold them in your hand. Yeah. At one well, time. I'm actually, yeah. This which, thing is just. Oh, there you, you go. You know, the, there's yeah. like almost 40 flashers in that. Right. Box. What's that box worth right there? Yeah. Start taking yeah. bids on yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, but because yeah. in all your other manufacturers, you got the fin central point of the back, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah even in my space. tackle rolls, it's like you only put a couple in a sleeve, and then you roll that all together. It's like, yeah. man, the thing's this wide because yeah, those exactly. fins are in the way. You know, right? and the other thing I want to point out, you want to take care of your bungee. You never want to leave them loaded. Yeah. Um, make sure they're they're off there and keep the bungee dry. Um, and out of direct sunlight, out of sunlight. long period yeah. of time. When you're not using it. Yeah. yeah. And out of the cold. Yeah. You know. Makes but, sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, specific to edge rod. So there's a rod designed to fish this 360 flash. Now, talk about if I want to take my, you know, 1064 um, and, and put 16 ounces lead on there and fish at this 360 and, you know, the action's going to be suitable. I'm yeah. probably going to catch fish. Yeah. Right. So talk about the action that that rod will help in part or not so, on that flasher depend, uh, in comparison to a rod that's specifically designed. So Edge, um, Edge Rods by Gary Loomis, um, you know, they make some amazing rods. Mm -hmm. They make hundreds of different blanks. Right. Uh, North Fork Composites is a sister company to Edge, and Edge uh, does the finishing. And, you know, they made great rods, which is just like anybody else's rods on the market for 360. But they wanted something better. They wanted something that would um, react different and work with the flasher. And what we started finding, there's some things that a rod can do to your 360 to make it more fishier and uh, give it more snap, give it more pop. One of the most common mistakes with 360s is guys throw it out there and the rod's thumping like, yep, I'm fishing. And... Not all 360s are created equal. And I highly suggest that when you're 360 fishing, you keep track of which ones are catching fish and which ones aren't. Because it's not always visible to the rod, telegraph to the rod. There's some that are just fishier than the others. And during testing and uh, prototyping during uh, all the, the years of these flashers, we found that every 360 will do 360 motion, but the fishier ones would actually do not a full circle, but like a, an oblong, and they would have a pause at the top. Right. And, um, but it was doing a circle. And the non-fishers, which you couldn't tell really by 
telegraph to the rod was the nose of the flasher was kind of staying still. They still got bit, but they didn't get bit as good as the ones that would pop and right. snap. And so we started realizing that um, in combinations with different bumper lengths and leads and materials and actions on the rods would help that snap right. and that pop and let that flasher pause. Um, interesting, I had a seminar last night, which I completely bombed, by the way. I'm sorry you guys had to, <laughs> had to listen to me, but um, uh, I great. did it with Pro, a VIP. Right, right. And me and him were talking about that pop, yeah. you know, that, uh, that sexy just 1,001, 1,002, instead of just going, going, going. And he's a firm believer, and he was telling me this. I'm like, man, I thought the same thing. But, you know, he thinks with his spinners, he's getting bit um, during the flutter. So that, that blade, uh, that spinner, instead of just doing this, now that blade is stop, and it might even swap direction. Oh, and that's what he thinks is getting bit. And, I, and I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I've been thinking that, too, because it's the same thing with the coconut cup plugs. Remember we noticed that? Yeah. On the coconut yeah. cup plug. So here, here's a trivia it. question for you. This is crazy. What direction does an original skinny spin underwater? It'll mm. blow your mind. Is it counterclockwise? Both. It goes both ways? Yeah. When rigged right with the 360, it's going one way. Gets to the top, and then it'll go the other way. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not every time, but we figured that out. We were testing these. We're like, we're testing these. uh, Unbelievable. Behind a three sixty. Yep. Yep. Now that's with a rod and a flasher that's got the pop and the snap that we're talking about. So, as far as the rod design, is it because the rod's ability to load, and when that Flasher rolls over and release, it it snaps back, it's, it recoils. It's the, the prior, uh, proprietary material that Edge has in the tip section yeah. and the, the special blend in the, the butt section. So this rod has the ability to load up and then recover fast, snap it back. Right. Um, this material also is super strong. Yeah. Um, you know, all my years of guiding, some manufacturers, I'd break 20 rods a year. Some really, really good ones, I'd break three or four rods a year. I've yet to break one of these. Oh. Um, and that's high sticking, um, wrapped around the side of the boat. Yeah. Um, the yeah, it's a, don't know how to fish. It's a yeah. super, super strong material that right. just, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Right. You just cringe when you look at They can break. Yeah, I've seen it yeah. this way and then see oh, it yeah, sideways. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, oh, it's going to explode. Yeah. So, so Edge, Edge came out with these. Um, one of the biggest things with 360s is now guys are putting power handles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, you know, big heavy, fishing heavy leads. Yeah. Buoy 10, there's 16, 20 ounce of lead. There's a lot of torque. Sometimes. You know, 65 pound braid. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just, it's just getting a workout. Oh, it, yeah. it's, it, the rods are getting stretched. They're getting loaded up. You're getting snagged up doing five miles an hour. Getting a fish hitting that, you know, going the opposite direction at three, four miles an hour. So they needed a rod that was bulletproof, but yet finesse. Yeah. And, that's what they did. Right. It was a home run. There's right. a three, there's seven different models right now. And, you know, they talked about doing more, but they're probably not. They don't need to. Sure. They got all the bases covered. Yeah. There's a, just so you guys know, with Edge, they made it real simple to read the rod. So they rattle off a number. What do those numbers mean? Mm-hmm. Remember this. The dash, if it has a dash two, that means it's two-piece. The last number is the power. So there's one, two, three, four, Five and six power. Right. And I think there's even some seven, eight in the saltwaters. Mm-hmm. But the last number is the power. The first three or two numbers are going to be the length. So Edge makes a 924 2. So 924, that's nine foot two, four power, two piece. Yeah. There's a 924, 925, and a 926. Then they make a 10, 
1064, 1066. So the four power is gonna be a little bit softer. The five power is gonna be your, probably your all around best rod. Right. Bowie 10, still finesse enough for the- Most versatile rod. You know, most versatile, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your sixes, you're gonna to wanna to use those when you're uh, your bow rods and you want more, more spread. Yeah. And then they make a, a, a 1265, which is a, the 12 and a half footer. Um, and I think they make a 1266, I'm mm -hmm. not sure. But anyway, <clears throat> those 12 footers are more for your bow rods. But with that, <clears throat> one of the biggest problems is, you know, all rods are putting ceramic guides in there. And this is a trolling rod, this is not a casting rod. So you don't need ceramic guidelets. They went to a ceramicless titanium guide that now lightens up the rod, but it does another thing. There's nothing worse than having a ceramic break on your, you know, three, yeah. $400 oh, rod. Right. Yeah. And now they limited that problem. From there, you know, they beefed up the reel seat. It's aluminum reel seat with double locking jam nut to handle all that torque from the 360s right, and, right. and the people that are winching their gear in in the rod holder and then extended foregrip because this thing's gonna spend pretty much all of its life in a rod holder. Right. And there's nowhere to grab once with all the different uh, rod holder configurations. So you got that. It also has a line keeper on the back there. And then uh, from there, it's just a, it's a precision workhorse. We actually weighed these rods when they were done and we're like, man, this thing's gonna be a log. And we were really, really surprised. All of the featherweight, light, high-tech edge rods that they make in these same sizes and powers, these were only like, I mean, very little heavier. I mean, you, you enough to where you couldn't tell. Yeah. So you have a, a, a bulletproof precision workhorse that is built for 360s, that's gonna help with the snap, yep. that's gonna catch you more fish. Um, you know, they retail for about 325. Mm -hmm. um, right now, they got 20% off if you go through the yeah. Fish Hunt Northwest. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other thing, too, is there's, there's less models. So they're doing everything they can to keep up with production. But this yeah. has been um, the other cool thing about this rod. You know, Edge sells a lot of bass rods. I think really they cater to us because they love us. Yep. But they don't have to. No. They, they sell yeah. way more rods. Uh, this is where they're located. Yep, so, yep, yeah, yep. exactly. They, uh, they, don't they, pacify they, us. Yeah, yep. They just do it because they love us. So right. the, the bass market is so huge and they're so big in that game. Thank you, Alex and, and Gary. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, thank no you kidding, very right? much, Alex like, and Gary. Thanks for uh, paying attention to <laughs> our, our little hobby. But the, the 1065, um, actually became the number two selling rod in the in, in their company right. last year. Yeah. Um, they sold that many. Right. And um, I don't know the breakages. Um, I heard it's less than 10. So you, that, that's pretty impressive to sell that many rods and only have 10, uh, 10 break. For a brand new model. Yeah, for a yeah. brand new model. So yeah. they're asking, maybe repeated here, Chris, what model in power for 360 fishing? Um, Just to run through that again. Most versatile is going to be your 1065. That's your five power. That's the middle middle right, of the road. Right. Um, and then if you want a shorter rod, a nine foot two, and I want to I want to hit on that real quick. Yeah. But a nine foot two, um, nine twenty five. That's going to be your middle uh, middle rod there. So one thing I've noticed, I've always been a ten and a half foot rod guy. I want I I design my rods to where the back of the boat are one size. Uh, power, a lighter power than the front half. That way, if a rod breaks, I can just grab another one out of the rod locker. I'm not stuck having just these two are the bow rods, these two are the mid rods, these two are the corner rods, and these two are the back rods. And um, I've done really well with that. And I've always been a 10 and a half foot fan. But when I started running these nine twos, I tell you what, there's something to that out the back of the boat. Yeah. And the nine foot two will put out a different pop, a different action. 
and it's not in every fishery, but there's a lot of finesse fisheries that I partake in where the nine foot two, the nine two four power and five power are out fishing the ten and a halfs. But then there's other fisheries where that ten and a half will outfish the nine twos. But it's just it's got to be something with the length that's got more pop. Um, the ten and a half is longer, so it doesn't have the pop where a short rod is already there. Yeah, if that makes yeah, sense. It makes sense. So it's fun yeah. being in his boat watching him. You know, he's oh, on yeah. the trolling motor and the yeah. rod's behind him. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, well the three sixty rod evolution makes sense because I mean, you go down to buoy ten now, uh, buoy ten or any parts all the way up through and above Bonneville and all these fisheries. There's so many persons fishing 360 flashers. I mean, the inline rotator is still, it has its place, and yeah. bait still has its place, and I still run, you know, some of those bait rods, but yeah. um, fully converted last year to 360s yeah. and some of pro spinners, and yeah. it was just unbelievable. It's, yeah. It, yeah. it opens your eyes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a uh, 360 in, uh, you know, every salmon season there is from the ocean all the way up to, you know, Chief Joseph. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Been using 360s in Puget Sound forever. Yeah, yeah, that's where it all started. Right, Downriggers, yeah, yep. yep. So yep. us uh, river guys. So. Yep, yep, exactly. So, well, uh, really good stuff. I'm uh, excited to get a couple of those 360 rods in my yeah. hand and throw some of these 360s out the back of the boat and uh, do the deal. And you know, even uh, you want to, I want to get going on some of these and some of the uh, the super baits out there in Puget Sound. I have fished them in Puget Sound. The minis for uh, resin coho mm-hmm. and the the cup plugs for you know salmon, and we've caught fish on them. I mean. Yeah. It flat out works, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, time and a place. If you're out there summertime going for kings and rolling those down just uh, up off the dirt too much, you're going to get a lot of dogfish. <laughs> you're going to go yeah. through a lot yeah. of them leaders, right? Yeah. But um, uh, definitely, you know, I mean, nice alternative for blackmouth too. Yeah. Uh, then you don't have to worry about the dogfish. So yeah. uh, really good stuff, the gentlemen. I'm glad you uh, were able to take time and come on up here. Chris, before we go, talk a little bit about your uh, Columbia River Guide <coughs> Service that also um, keeps you busy. You do put in quite a bit of time on the water. Yeah. Um, so as you guys know, I'm a, a full-time sales rep uh, um, for Brad's. I'm an in-house rep. And so we do, you know, whatever needs to be done, we do it. Uh, me and Scott, you know, we work sometimes we're there. I mean, we've been there. We're till, a bunch of hats. Yeah. You know, whatever needs to be done, we do it. Um, you know, it's all about serving the, the, the customers, you know, and the buyers and, and, and all those guys. And I would get shipments in and get them out. Um, but when I'm not doing that, and I don't have my daughter, I have a 10-year-old, well, turning 10, uh, 10-year-old daughter, I'm guiding uh, Columbia River Guide Service. Um, I took my website down just because I just wanted to, to kind of cater towards more of my, my, you know, returning clients. But you can get a hold of me at 509-571-6198. Um, my spring chinook's pretty much booked, but there's going to be some summer chinook fisheries that I partake in in the yep. upper reaches right. and in the gorge. Um, and then fall chinook, um, there's a lot of opportunity for fall chinook. And then leading right into, you know, uh, fall coho, which is just a blast. Yeah. There's, a, you know, multiple different techniques we're doing now for that. Right. Um, you know, jigging, we're wigglers and 360s and shrimp spinners and 360s and coconut cup plugs. Yeah. All on the same um, day. All on the same day. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's a blast. Yeah. You know? Smorgasbord. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So. Yep. But, Looking uh, forward to a fantastic season. Well, great. Uh, hopefully folks will continue to 
Bring your phone and uh, keep yeah. it plenty booked, right? Sounds like you're plenty busy regardless. And, yeah. yeah. Very busy. You know, yeah. Scott, you got to find to get enough time we on the water. Busy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, BMAX on here. You said uh, you talked me into it. I'm buying one. So yeah. you're hell of a salesman, too, They're Chris. great rods. I tell you <laughs> yeah. what. They are great rods. Yeah. Well done. So, uh, all right. Really appreciate you guys joining yeah. me here tonight. It's been a, been a blast. Please. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, come back anytime and need to jump in a boat and get out fishing. Yeah. Sounds like maybe uh, May 10th. May 10th. Yeah. Well, we need to talk about that before you drown, uh, before we get, get out of here, yeah. okay. We're going to be on your dock Saturday morning. Oh, well, you got that yeah. option, too. Yeah. You guys should drive so. back and go up here, grab the <laughs> breakfast over there at the community center, and come out here and do a little bit of fishing. Um, a couple of folks have asked, hey, is the lake very crowded on opening day? Well, I don't know. Are lakes crowded opening day? I mean, <laughs> again, the weather's going to be pretty doggone nice. Yeah. We're finally getting out of some of this nasty weather. We're going to be uh, lower to mid-60s. You know what? If you got kids that are chomping at the bit to get out fishing, man, you need to take Maybe. advantage of this weekend because, you know, I'm watching the truck pull in here almost every other day and dump fish. And, uh, yeah, you can see them rolling out oh, there. Oh, yeah. there's <laughs> It's going to start getting active here out, right out in front of the dock. And I get a lot of people fishing around from the dock because they dump them right here at the ramp and they don't go very far because they just got out of their concrete pen. Yeah, and they're like, are we supposed to be? You <laughs> know, or, what are we? So, um, yeah, it's uh, opening day out here is a lot of fun. People are great. And uh, I usually just sit out there on the dock and watch people and uh, we get a line of folks over here at the boat ramp and um, they line up on the grassy knoll and sit there and watch them catch fish and you know <laughs> sit there and sip a beer and enjoy the day so um yeah things to look forward to appreciate you guys coming in tonight great great information good content and i get to go away with a few new implements in my arsenal here pretty you excited about that enjoy them. absolutely so all right it's going to do it for us here this week uh next week special guest coming in to join me yes tommy will still be gone uh fortunately unfortunately um uh, but uh yeah i'm gonna let you know later on in the week follow us on social media let you know who my special guest is we're gonna start talking some tributary springers because that is definitely on the agenda coming up here we got some local streams a little south of here that those uh, springers are starting to creep on into in these tribs. And it's time to go drown some eggs under floats. So I'm going to show you exactly how to get that done with some more Bait Lab presentations coming up in the next few weeks. So appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Got any questions throughout the week, hit us up on our social media. Go to our pages and uh, follow and subscribe. Get over to our YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe there and uh, track everything we got going on. I want to thank these gentlemen again for coming in. You got any questions, hit them up over at their... Um, uh, webpage at Brad's. I'm pretty sure they'll take the time to answer your questions. Have a great Facebook, week. Instagram, you bet. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that stuff, yep, right? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Uh, get out this weekend. Enjoy that opening day. It's going to be a good one. We'll see you next week right here, Fish on Northwest. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the Bait Lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and, of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.